some would say the fortune's in the follow-up. You ever heard that before? The fortune's in the follow-up, they say. You've got to go and make sure that after you get a lead that you just keep on following up until they're dead or tell you to go die, right? (laughs) We've all heard that before, right? But I'm going to disagree with that. I don't think the fortune's in the follow-up. In fact, I think this is a... This is an area of real estate that um, that needs a lot of attention. So thank you for tuning in, uh, Reraw Nation, to a sales meeting. We try to keep these around the, the 20-ish minute mark uh, at, at the most. Sometimes, I think I think last week we may have gone a little over that. But, uh, you know, we try to keep these shorter form to, to give you more time to be doing the money-making activities that you need to be doing out there. So, but let's talk about follow-up, right? A lot of times we, we, we get stuck in this idea that, that our job, because we saw some average that it, that it takes, you know, 14 attempts to follow up with a, a contact to establish contact and then ultimately, you know, determine if they're a viable lead or not, that our job is to follow up. And while follow up is important, and while there are certain types of lead generation strategies that require more follow up than others, I would say that the fortune is not so much in the follow-up as it is in the filtering on the front end. If we focus a little bit more on value and solution-based lead generation, then we can put ourselves in a much more positive position because we actually start thinking about the call to action. See, the reason I would argue that we need to do so much follow-up traditionally is because we're not allowing the marketing to do the filtering for us. If you really drill down, the follow-up is designed so that we can, first and foremost, hopefully capture any kind of real contact information. And let's be honest, if your sales message isn't strong enough on the front end, you're hardly going to expect to get good contact information. So God knows you might might actually be following up on, on a number in an email that doesn't even exist, only to find out that you get the person on the phone and maybe you're lucky enough that they are real and you have to spend all of your time trying to remind them of where they put their information in, what exactly it is that you offer, who the hell you are, and then see if you can beg them for their time and start asking them probing questions to see if they're even a viable opportunity for you to continue pursuit with or on. I don't know if I said that right. Whatever. What if we actually just did better marketing with a more specific call to action, with more transparent and forward messaging, and we allowed the marketing piece, the marketing message to actually do the filtering for us so that the people that we talk to don't require as much, if any, follow-up, and in fact, maybe they even come to us instead of the other way around. See, we find this most on social media, but we get really in love with this idea that, you know, oh, I ran a social media ad and I got 300 leads and it cost me, you know, half a penny per contact. Uh, First and foremost, a contact and a lead are different, okay? And it feels really good to get lots of contacts, but to misrepresent those contacts as a lead is, is a terrible disservice to yourself and your time and, frankly, your investment in whatever you're doing for lead generation. But the other thing that's important to recognize is that that feel good that you're getting all these contacts could be oftentimes artificial security. 
It's a false sense of security. It's a false sense of success and do good work. Because in reality, you're going to spend a ton of time now having to filter through and follow up with those leads. And your follow-up is the filter. Your follow-up is the, hi, this is James. You came in through one of my social media ads, and I was calling to see if you're actually interested in buying a house. Oh, your name is not Joey? Okay, I will go pound sand. Have a great day. Hi, this is James. I was calling to follow up on, you responded to one of my uh, social media ads, my Facebook ad or my, you know, whatever. And so I wanted to see if you were interested in buying or selling a home. Oh, okay, great. So tell me more about that. Oh, you're 12 months out. Oh, you're 12 years out. Okay, great. Like we spent all of our time in this follow-up trying to do the filtering. Why? Because the call to action in the first place was, have you ever thought about a house or do you live in a home? Click here, right? Right. Like it's, it's weak. It's weak. I want you to think about talking to less people, but not talking to less people because you don't actually want to talk to people. I just want you to talk to more of the right people. You ever heard the saying, less is more? Well, in this case, less is more because the less people you talk to that actually want to talk to you, the more money you can make because you're spending more time with the right people and less time doing the filtering. I'm going to give you an example. Two totally different types of lead generation. And one of the things we make, actually, there's a lot to learn in this, but there's, there's, let's, let's break this down in two different ways. Number one, we have, let's call it a Facebook ad and a direct mail piece. And I'm not talking direct mail like postcard. I'm talking like uh, a letter in a hand-addressed envelope that's highly targeted to just the, the specific home that you sent it to, okay? You look at a Facebook ad versus direct mail. Now, Facebook, you're probably going to get a lot more contacts, right? You're going to get a lot of people coming into your pipeline, if you will, but it's also going to require a shitload of follow-up. The direct mail piece, I'm going to talk to a lot less people but it's hyper-targeted with incredibly specific messaging only meant for the person that receives it at the exact house that they live. So on the Facebook ad, I feel great because I'm getting all these contacts. And what I think most people feel is when they send out a direct mail piece, as an example, they're like, ah, shit, I'm just not getting as many people, so it's not working. The fact that you're not getting the calls, though, shows that it is working because the calls that you get aren't warm leads, they're on fucking fire. They're on fire. So it's important to understand the difference in expectations you have to set for different lead types, right? If I'm going to run a social media ad, chances are if I'm going to do a pretty traditional uh, Facebook ad, for example, that my call to action is going to be less specific than, say, a direct mail piece, right? I'm just giving two examples, but so whenever I run a Facebook ad, which by the way, I do a lot of digital advertising, when I run uh, anything online, I just know no matter what, even if my messaging is specific, that online leads generally require more follow-up prior to an appointment or client acquisition than, than doing a direct mail piece. So the first lesson learned is just because you're doing two, you're you're doing social media and direct mail and getting more contacts off of one doesn't mean 
that the security of more contacts means more success. Could actually mean more follow up and more work and less success for your time spent. Okay. The second lesson to learn in that is that every different lead generation uh, strategy that you use is going to require a different amount of follow up. And if you go into uh, if you go into a direct mail campaign where my average follow up prior to uh, appointment, prior to listing appointment and ultimately listing is 1.4 communications. Think about that. My average is I don't even have to talk to somebody twice before I end up at a listing appointment with them off of direct mail piece, right? If I go and run a Facebook ad and think, oh shit, I called this person twice and they didn't respond to me and I gave up, that would be unfair because like social media or digital ads generally require more follow-up than a direct mail piece. Usually it's because the copy and, you know, the way that we do stuff, the call to action is different. Okay. But here's the, let's, let's get back to where I'm going. Sorry for the, the slight tangent there. I think that too often we get lazy with our call to action. So we'll run the social media ad and be comforted by the fact that we get all of these contacts because more people in our pipeline is better. I would rather get less contacts and have to do less follow-up and know that my messaging in that direct mail piece or whatever type of uh, marketing you're doing is so specific that I'm only going to get people to call me who that message applies to. It doesn't make sense for me to spend my time filtering prospects by my follow-up, because if I just did the thing and did the messaging and presented transparently what I want to talk to them about on the front end, sure, I'll get a lot less contacts but I'll probably find myself doing a lot less follow-up and talking to a lot more of the right people. Less is more. Okay? Follow-up is important, but the fortune's not in the follow-up. The fortune's in the, the front end. The fortune's in the filtering. The fortune is in the call to action. You ever heard of like bait and switch or smoke and mirrors or you get like, you get all excited because we're like, oh my gosh, this is so great. Like I told him, I, I, I sent these people to a, a landing page and I said, hey, if you want to find out what your house is worth, then, then go to this landing page. And then they put in all their information or they, they type in their address and then they go to the next page and they find out that they don't actually get it. He says, oh, great. Well, now, now I just want you to put in your, your phone number, your social security number, your blood type, the name of your firstborn, their birth date, their social security number, the type of car you drive, your, it, like all these different things. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, give you a phone call, show up at your door with a case of brownies, and then I'm going to talk to you about what your uh, motivations are in life and how selling your house could create uh, you know, a financial fortune for you so that you can invest those dollars into something else. And then I'll tell you what your home is worth. People don't want that. See, like we, we put ourselves in a position where people just feel like, well, Jesus, why didn't you just tell me that if I wanted to have a freaking sit down conversation with you to find out what my home is worth, that I could put my damn information in. Maybe I'd actually do it. 
And what happens is agents sit there and go, well, shit, that means I'm only getting one contact for every like $50 I spend on, on a social media ad. Oh my God, that's great. You can make tens of thousands of dollars off of one freaking transaction. 50 bucks to get that contact is nothing. But it's a lot when you see people go, well, I'm I'm putting ads in front of people and I'm getting contacts for 80 cents a piece. Okay, great. But you're also, if you got 100 contacts, okay, and on average you had to follow up with each of those contacts 14 times to ultimately get a hold of somebody and determine if that person was a viable lead or not, that means that, sure, that's great. You spend $100 to get 100 contacts, but now you have to do 14 follow-ups for each person on average, right? So 14 on each person that you get into your pipeline to determine if that's a viable lead. That's 1,400 contact attempts. Who has time for that? Off of off of 100 freaking contacts? Sure, like there's all kinds of automation that you can set up for that. But you're not putting yourself in a position to ultimately be in front of the right people at the right time with the right conversation. Automation has its place. And social media ads, and I kind of feel like I'm shitting on them, and I shouldn't because I, I do social media ads too, but we have to have the right expectation. I would rather spend $100 to get one contact on social media that is a way more legit contact that I don't have to follow up with 14 times. Because in the amount of time it takes you for that $100, you get 100 contacts with $100. And you get to follow up 1,400 times total among, uh, between all those contacts to see which ones are viable and do the filtering and all that kind of stuff. That's just to establish contact. And then you got to keep the conversation going. Or I could spend $100 getting one contact and that contact communicated with me. You might say the fortune's in the follow-up. I say the fortune's in the filtering. And the fortunes in the fact that I messaged on the front end exactly what I was reaching out about so that the few people that come through aren't warm leads that I'm going to have to nurture until the end of time. They're on fire leads. They're ready to go. It's why when I send out a letter, I send it to such a niche group of people. I send it to such a small niche group of people. I might only send it to 20 folks. And look, let's be honest, sometimes I don't get calls off of it. But there's times that I'll send 20 letters out and get three or four phone calls off of just that one piece. But it's because the targeting and the messaging went to the exact person it was supposed to go to. Now, do I do more front-end work? You might say, well, James, you know, like, sure, I do all my work on the back end and, and I do a lot of follow-up. But in order to find those people, you probably had to do a bunch of work. Sure. But for me to find those people, I don't have to do, if I have a hundred contacts, I don't have to go do the front end research for each of the hundred contacts. I have to find certain pieces of information that I can filter by and know exactly who to target, how to target, and then figure my messaging out for them. So I don't ultimately have to, I don't have to do manual research necessarily on all hundred of those people. I can group 100 people together and go, cool, like this is the message I'm sending to this 100 people. I'm going to figure out where those 100 people are. Now that I have their addresses, I'm going to send it all out. My front-end efforts are still a lot less than the back-end efforts that most have to make in their follow-up alone. So I say the fortune is not in the follow-up. The fortune is in 
the filtering. The fortune is in the front end. The fortune is in the value and the transparency of your messaging in the front end. It's it, all of those things. If we get more targeted on the front end, if we niche down more on the front end, then we are able to be more impactful with the people that we are reaching out to and therefore have stronger calls to action. And we allow the marketing piece to do the filtering for us so that we don't have to do as much follow-up, which ultimately becomes the filtering process. We can actually spend more of our time with people that want to talk to us. And that's way more interesting to me. So the next time somebody says the fortunes in the follow-up, you can say, well, maybe <laughs> I know I got to do follow-up, but is the fortune really in the follow-up? Or if I have to follow up as much as I am, if all of those averages, I got to follow up 14 times, 20 times, 30 times to establish contact. If all those averages are telling me that, the, that these people have to, and myself included, have to follow up on average that many times to actually establish contact with somebody I'm trying to market to, do you think that it's because that's what it should take? Or do you think that gives you an opportunity to now look internally and go, damn, is that just because we all are sucking at the way that we're putting out our messages? Are we not, are we not being specific enough? Is there a, 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 can we do something better? And if you can answer that question, then you're going to do a lot less follow-up. Because the answer is, if somebody told me, well, you have to follow up 30 times with every single person just to make sure that, uh, that that they're viable or not viable. My response to that is really, um, let me look at what we're doing to attract those people into our database to begin with. Oh, I see the problem. We just said anybody that has ever lived under a roof, uh, should click here. Yeah. We probably should get more specific than that. Anybody that lives under a roof that they're looking to sell in the next one month and wants to know what their home is worth should click here. Right. That's different. Not saying that's a great call to action, by the way. I'm just illustrating the difference in how general anybody that lives under a roof versus what I said, right? So keep that stuff in mind. The fortune is in the way that you can filter. The fortune's in the targeting and follow-up will be needed, but that's not where the real fortune is. Love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Remember something, real agents work. Make sure you're one of them. Hit me up, james at reraw.com. That's james at reraw, R-E-R-A-W.com. And uh, let us know what you think, all right? Let me know uh, if you have any questions, if you uh, if the message resonated with you, if you're like, man, I would really love for you to dig into this topic and uh, tell me what topic that is, and then uh, maybe we can fit it into the schedule and make it happen, all right? Uh, we greatly appreciate it. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, I, I, I thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I, I just I, I love the energy that you all bring into my life, and I'm so humbly grateful uh, to just to just be connected to all of you. So thanks so much for uh, for your time commitment and for tuning in. Um, much respect. And um, yeah, I guess that's all I got for you. So James at reraw.com. Make sure you give us a five-star review and uh, visit reraw.com to check out all the other cool stuff that we got going on. All right, have a fantastic week. We'll see you on the other side.